0: So what have we learned one weekend into this entire baseball season? Well, we've learned that the Angels were resilient. We've learned that the National League West is impossible to pick. And so far, the new rules work. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the Daily Podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and I'm now right about starting in my fifth full season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sollium at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Solid Baseball Podcast Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. But as you can see, I'm not alone. Who's that over there? Who's that handsome young fellow right over there on screen left?
1: Ah, shucks. It's me, Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Starting my fourth season. Crazy to say to think I've been here for four years, but you can follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel.
0: It's, it's regular season. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say to um, everyone who uh, – uh, tweeted out and and supported the in memoriam video that dropped just before opening day you and i haven't done a show since then i have a few thousand people have watched it and have said Ooh. nice things about it um it's my little way to start the season off but uh if you haven't checked it out i go you know it's it's my pin tweet if you follow me at sully baseball uh so now uh, if anyone dies this year um we uh they'll be in next year's <laughs> it was a uh, you know, there's you and I talked about this. It's like when I'm putting the finishing touches, and I came up with an ending for that video. I was refreshing my my news feed going, "Oh, please, please, Willie Mays and some other old favorites, just give me a couple more days, hang on." But fortunately, we still have a lot of the greats who are still there, and um and and thanks for the support on that. Hey, but forget all that. Oh. Um, I talked on Sunday with Paul Holden of. Uh, Uh, Locked on Rockies. He seemed to be thrilled that the Rockies split, came to San Diego and got a split in Mm -hmm. San Diego. Um, Guess who also did that? Who? The Arizona Diamondbacks went to Los Angeles and split. Um, And now there's a four-way tie for first in the uh, National League West, which, yes, yes, it's early, but hey, I don't think anyone wrote down the Padres and the Dodgers splitting their opening series with the nominal doormats of the uh National League West. Um, give look at uh, this is not gonna turn to a Diamondbacks Love Fest, but Let's hey, give the D backs some credit that, you know, especially on the Sunday game where mm-hmm. they they won in the ninth, um and and held the Dodgers offense to a single run and and played pretty well, save for the Baumgartner game. Played pretty well, what a microcosm that is, for the entire series against uh, Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, they definitely showed a lot of resilience because this was a series where the D-backs were outscored by 13 runs. Their offense didn't do much in this series. Quetel Marte is like one for 14. They have a whole bunch of hitters in that lineup that still don't have their first base hit of the season. So this was not an offensive series for the D-backs, but in their two wins, their pitching did enough. Zach Davies was great on Sunday. Their bullpen was really strong in the two wins. And most importantly, we talked about it all offseason with the D-backs. Speed is going to kill for the D-backs this season. We saw it today. Corbin Carroll had three steals. Jake McCarthy laid down a bunt single in the ninth inning to give the D-backs a lead. They may not hit a whole bunch of home runs. They may have a little batting average. But if they get on bases, they can wreak havoc with that team speed.
0: All right. Well, here's – I want I want to point something out here. Mm-hmm. You had three games that were started. Galen didn't make it through five. No. And wasn't great. Bumgarner, no, Bumgarner may be DFA'd pretty soon. Uh, uh, yeah. Merrill and he, Kelly. He just a, yeah. Merrill Kelly didn't make it out of the fourth, you know, for mm. other reasons, but still. And if I told you that that was going to happen in the first three games in LA, you would have thought, oh, dear Lord, did we lose all four games? Instead, If the Diamondbacks want to be a surprise team, and anyone who listened to yesterday's show know I said something eerily similar about the Rockies, but I think the Diamondbacks are a better team than the Rockies. If they want to be a surprise team and try to get that that golden ring of the, the wild card, these are the games. It doesn't matter if it's in March or in June or in September. Winning games in Los Angeles are positive events for the For the Arizona Diamondbacks, because those are the games you assume you're going to lose. So anytime you can split at on the road against a team, which I think is going to be one of the elite teams in the game, um, you've got to look at that as a positive.
1: Yeah, because the D-backs against the Dodgers last season were 5-14 and 14 against that team. Yeah. So they've been dominated against the Dodgers. And when you look at that game one where Gallon is giving up five earned runs in like four innings, you're like, okay, this is not a good omen for this series. You still got Merrill Kelly in game two. You basically conceded even going into that game three. You're like Mad Bum's on the mound. Uh, your chances of winning that game don't feel very high going into that ball game. And we see Mad Bum being sent back to Phoenix right now to be reevaluated for arm fatigue. So he might end up missing some some uh, some time with the D-backs with this arm injury, which listen, could be a blessing in disguise if we could get another rookie or young arm in that rotation, like a Dre Jameson, who we saw come out the bullpen for Merrill Kelly in that game, too. So this D-backs team, like the opening series was not pretty, but they did enough, and now they're sitting pretty in the standings because, like you said, getting every single win against this team is important, and you're not going to play this team that many times throughout the season. The D-backs only play the Dodgers 13 times this season, and they played them eight times in the first two weeks, already getting these early wins early just sets them Sets them up great for the rest of the season.
0: Exactly. And also think of it. We are – it's still early April. Mm -hmm. And the Diamondbacks are almost halfway to matching their win total against Los Angeles (laughs) from last year.
1: Yeah. Last year
0: they beat them five times. So far they've already beat them twice. So – these are games that, especially when you're trying to piece that Rubik's cube together. Sorry for the old reference; you don't understand. I try to turn that. <laughs> I <just> assume. I <laughs> assume you don't know anything that happened before 2016. Um, you know, do the. You do that Rubik's cube to try to be good enough to be that second wild card or third wild card team at this point. Then wins against that you steal against LA. Those are the ones that add up. Yeah. You know, anytime you win a game and I, I said this when I was talking about the Rangers and the Cardinals and the angels at the beginning, after the first day, you try to win as many dodged bullet games and try to lose as few teeth grinder games. There was a year. I tallied that for the Red Sox. How many uh, games did they lose that it felt like they had in hand I and mean, how many times they lost the, uh, that they won a game that they Basically, okay, we had this, this. We we blew this one, and you try to keep that, you know, you try to keep that like in in the plus column, like in hockey, you know, it's a you know it's a plus three line or something like that. So look, it. I try to do a hockey reference for you. did quite work.
1: <laughs> but, I'm not a hockey um, guy. Really, I know I work well, in the sport, but listen, I don't right, I'm tr- trying. I'm crazy. trying.
0: You gotta give me. You gotta give me some slack here. What I'm yeah, saying is, some. the more series you have like this. Throughout the course of the year, the better off you're going to be in terms of, you know, any dreams you may have of slapping the other wildcard team together. And and I'm, uh, you know, doesn't matter if it's early, if it's, you know, if it's late March, early April, it still wins against the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, and the early part of the season schedule is tough, but it's set up for the D-backs to get that early lead in the NL West if they are able to start off to a hot start because it's the Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, your first three series of the year. So you're facing the top dogs in that NL West division. But guess what? If you go 500 against the Dodgers and somehow take, uh, I don't know how many games against the Padres. If If they split the series against the Padres or take two out of three against the Padres and you get those early wins against those three teams the first couple of weeks of the season, like you're talking about, Sully, you're set up the rest of the way and you got a little head start in that series and now in that division all of a sudden as a D-backs fan you're not cruising definitely not but this is probably the best start you've had to a D-back season in quite some time
0: let me tell you something um this week I am going to a ball game I am not seeing the Diamondbacks I am seeing the Rockies and I'm Uh seeing them play the Dodgers I'm going right down the street and look, it, say what you want about Dodgers and Dodger fan and everything like that. I don't need anyone to hate me. Uh, Dodgers, they draw. The Dodgers are very popular here in Los Angeles and they draw really well. And sometimes when I want to get a ticket, eh, it can be a little stressful. You know, I'm, there have been times I've tried to, oh, let me get a last minute ticket. And, you know, Dodger games are sold out a lot. And then you see like, oh, my God, you know, I want to go last minute, but the Prices are, yeah. are sky high and everything like that. Here's what you got to do get the Game Time app. Buying mm. tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. Now, look at one of the things about the game time experience. The the app is great because you have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Hey, Sully, you want to go to the Angels game? Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And you could see the seat views. You know, you got there. Oh, my God, there's a pillar in front of me. No, no, no. You can check out the view from the seat. You have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, all that great stuff. Okay, and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get images of the seat, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, you're all set. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you don't have to dig through your email or anything like that. So, snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. I was trying to do 20 of my fingers. Off your first purchase, terms apply. Again, create an account, routine the code locked on MLB for 20 bucks off. Download GameCon today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Hey, uh, welcome back to Locked On MLB here on Monday, the third day of April, 2023. Um, just let's talk about a couple other um, things that happened over the weekend. Uh, if you had told me. After the Red Sox lost 10-9, to nine, and then that fly ball to left field with two outs in the ninth inning, a can of corn, pause reality for a second. You'll pull the matrix, and you pause reality for a second. Sorry for the reference for a film that, was way that you have no idea about. Um, oh, you pause reality, and you say, by the way, Sully, the Red Sox are going to win this series. So what are you talking about? Unpause. Clank. The ball off the left fielder's glove for Baltimore, and then uh, boom, the Red Sox win on the walk-off home run, and then they play a tough game uh, against uh, a kind of a weird back-and-forth game against Baltimore. Um, the Red Sox became the f- first team since the uh, the nineteen seventy 1970, the nineteen seventy eight Brewers and the Big Red Machine. Cincinnati reds of 1976 to average nine runs a game in their first three games. Now look at, I don't know what's going to happen with their pitching staff, but the fact of the matter is they can hit now. They can hit big time. And you know, Adam Duvall made sure, you know, one week in the season, Adam Duvall is the, the acquisition of the year. All he needed was a single to hit for the cycle the other day. Instead, he had a walk off Homer. Um, and, and the Orioles defense is, uh, wow, what a disaster their defense has been the first few days there. What are you thinking about this Red Sox team that just seems to be, I don't know, they can score at will.
1: Yeah, I mean, if the Red Sox are scoring nine runs a game, I don't know if anyone could uh, battle with them in Major League Baseball because this is someone when you look at that rotation, you're like, okay, the Red Sox are starting Corey Kluber on opening day. This is going to be a 45-win team, but little did we know. It doesn't matter what your rotation is. If you're going to be the best scoring offense of all time, that's basically what the Red Sox have been through the first three games of the season. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Not only are they having, you know, like your guys like Devers having, you know, phenomenal seasons that they always do, but all those guys from last year that struggled, the Kikés, the Verdugos, they seem to be hot. And then your new additions of the Duvalls and the Japanese outfielder, those guys have got off to uh, fantastic starts for this Red Sox team as well. And we've seen that guy, Xander Bogarts, he's lighting it up in San Diego right now, but it doesn't look like they're missing him in Boston with the way that offense is cranking. I can't believe what I'm watching right now with the Boston Red Sox because coming into this season, this was a team that we were so low on. The the morale surrounding this team, it felt like there was a dark – Cloud hanging above this franchise just because of the way they've done some of their best players over the last few seasons with the Bogarts and Mookies, even a guy like JD Martinez probably have walked and gone to the LA Dodgers. But it doesn't matter when you're scoring nine runs a game through your first three games and your offense looks like that, it could make you forget a, a lot about the atrocities and sins of the past with the past offseason. So, so far, it looks good for the Boston Red Sox
0: and doesn't look great for Baltimore for this reason. The Red Sox are going to play Pittsburgh next. OK. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, that for Boston fans, I may hopefully that's a win or two there. The Orioles are going to play the team whose offense may have may be almost as good as the Red Sox so far, which is Texas's offense. And so Baltimore's going to go for getting battered and bruised in Boston. And now they're going to play Texas. Um, you know, Jim Palmer, the Hall of Famer, is one of their broadcasters. I think they may have to call him in and throw a couple innings at this point, because at this point I'd rather have Palmer pitching than some of these other players. Hey, I wanna bring up I gave some grief to the Angels in game mm. one when they had a brilliant performance by Shohei Otani and then dropped it with two runs in the uh to Oakland in the eighth. And as yeah, I said, when the well, when I saw the uh, when I saw the final there, I just assumed Shohei Otani asked if he could file for free agency in advance, saying "I'm out, I'm out." Well, give now look at give the uh, Angels credit because after that loss, they outscored the A's nineteen to one over the next two games, including back-to-back home runs from Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Um, that's how you dust yourself off, and I give them respect. You know, you're supposed to win series against teams like the Oakland A's. And, um, you know, they didn't look like they were going to after dropping that first one. Uh, But, hey, the pitching has been good. Obviously, the hitting has been good. So they give them credit for dusting themselves off and getting right back in the fray.
1: Yeah, because that game one against the A's was basically a microcosm of what you felt during this whole Mike Trout Otani experience where you have this all-timer in your lineup, and it doesn't matter what they do with their single game performance, your team is always going to lose because Otani, I think, is the first pitcher ever on opening day with the 10 strikeouts, no earned runs, 7-plus innings pitch, and His team did not get the W. So if Otani gets a few more starts like that where he's dominating and still taking the L on his record, well, guess what? When that free agency hits, he's definitely going to have a wandering eye with teams like the Dodgers and the Padres in the same state as him. Probably going to offer similar, if not more, money than the L.A. Angels and already have ready-made cores, ready to win. The Angels better get their act together. They were able to make up some uh, of the ground this series against Oakland A's. But really, when you look at those two A's starts, like – I, I literally don't know any pitchers or players that are going out there in the Oakland A's uniform. So if you're the angels, you better take business, uh, take care of business against the Oakland A's and you better keep it rolling because this, if this is another down season where Otani and Mike Trout have, you know, historical seasons at the plate and on the mound, um, it's not going to be looking too bright next offseason for angels fans.
0: Um, I want to just point out, you talk about taking care of business and doing what you're supposed to do to bring up two teams. Um, The Tampa Bay Rays played Mm -hmm. Detroit. Detroit's not supposed to be very good. And the Rays are hoping to get back. They were a playoff team last year to get back to being, you know, division contender. And the Rays swept them. That's what you're supposed to do. And Jeffrey Springs today, or on Sunday, struck out 12 and took a no-hitter into the seventh inning or sixth inning. One of the two. It was was deep. It was to the point where the MLB app could put the no-hitter little uh, band. Underneath the game. Um, they did what they had to do. You know, they 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 pitched well, they got a Rosarena, and everyone got big hits when needed. You know, they won the first three games. That's called taking care of business. And and I'll tell you another team that took care of business, and this one was on the road, were the um the Minnesota Twins, who Mm -hmm. it took three games for the Royals to score a single run off of the Twins. And you know, they won the first two games, 2-0, two 2-0. Nothing, two nothing. And then the, a little bit of a slugfest. Joey Gallo wound up hitting a three-run homer. But the uh, Twins wound up sweeping the series against the Kansas City Royals. Now, obviously, the Rays want to play for the division title. In order to do that, you got to win the games you're supposed to win. And the Twins are playing in that weird American League Central where it appears that Cleveland is the favorite. I actually did pick Minnesota, um, and the Guardians did take three out of four from the Seattle Mariners, so give them credit too. But give Minnesota credit: win the games you're supposed to win, and and on along those lines. And I'll shut up in a second here. Uh, the White Sox split with the Astros. You know, the White Sox went into the mighty Astros mm-hmm. and you know left even, and so. Um, I guess what that really means is Texas and the Angels can start looking at their magic number right now. Uh, how long will until they do clinch the division? But uh, give credit to the teams that did what, their, what they had to do.
1: Yeah. Randy Arozarena still looks like he's hyped up off the adrenaline after that WBC. He was eating his little snacky snack in the dugout after his go-ahead home run and won those games. Tampa Bay, their starting pitching has looked phenomenal through the th- first three games of the season. They did what they do because we know they're a great regular season team that just knows how to manage those wins and manufacture wins throughout the regular season. The Twins. They're in that weak division and going against the uh, Kansas City Royals. Who uh, was it? The Twins against the Royals, or was it Twins against the Tigers? Either way,
0: the Royals, the Rays were against Detroit. The Twins were against Kansas City.
1: Yeah, and for the Twins on their uh, Sunday performance, we got to see Joey Gallo hit two home runs. And with these new rule changes, this could be the Joey Gallo resurgence. He's the kind of player that could really benefit from the lack of the shift change because we know he's someone that was very dominant to the side of the ballpark that he hit the ball. He was a very pull hitter kind of a guy. And so maybe with these shift changes, we see a few more home runs from Joey Gallo, a little bounce back season from him. But it was nice to see some of these teams take care of – Business in the American League and National League this past weekend. For the most part, I mean, I don't think there was too many upsets across major league baseball. We saw like teams like the Rockies and the D-Backs split series against the better teams in the divisions, but there's no really crazy upsets this past week. And maybe the Boston Red Sox were maybe a pretty crazy story and narrative coming out the weekend. But I don't think there was any crazy upsets that we saw from opening weekend.
0: And I'll say one other name. So Johnny Brito of the Yankees there's been some injuries and some setbacks in the rotation and Brito came out and in his major league debut through five shutout innings and Judge is picking he already has a pair of home runs Stanton already has a pair of home runs, you know, they're picking right up where they left off, but Brito filled right in when I saw, Oh my God, the Yankees were, were three or four games in the Yankees are already digging into their minor league system for a starting pitcher, but Hey, give the kid credit. You know, so there are times when digging into the farm instead of going for the, established major leaguer has helped. I mean, Yankee fans remember what Chen Ming Wong meant to the team when they had a whole bunch of injuries. And for a couple of years, he pitched like a legit ACE. So, uh, you know, we will see, we'll see what's going to happen with them. But the first weekend of baseball is officially in the books and uh, not going to lie to you. Um, You know, there were changes that were made and, and teams were assembled in a way that make you really, really appreciate how hard it is to be a baseball general manager. And trust me, I've been trying to do that my whole life, whether it was playing my little handheld games with my baseball cards or Stratomatic or Hardball or whatever. But the most fun way that I've ever had to be a GM, and I'm now competing with all you locked-on MLB hosts Mm -hmm. for Amazon gift card prices, and I've been using Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Do you have the Bears? The banner, it's the coolest game (laughs) I've ever played. It is. And I have my team. Some people like to have – a Paul Holden saying say he wants to have the, the real teams. So he's got the Rockies. I like the pretend teams. I like the fantasy teams. So, you know, you can you can adjust it any way you like. I've got the Honolulu Waves who are in a little bit of a losing streak right now. So I may have to, you know, kick some butt. But I can do that by hiring or firing the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players. I have to bring a few people up for the minor leagues. I you know, navigate my franchise through free agency and the ups and downs of a season. It's, it's fantastic. If you've got the same thought I've had to run your own team, Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is the way to go. Download it immediately. The game allows you to do every aspect of the franchise and all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable online. Play on the go. Play it offline. Play as you want. Play when you should be doing work. Play it when you're listening to the lockdown podcast network locked on MLB listeners get a hundred percent free boost to the franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store so make sure to check it out download the game just visit probaseballgm.com scan the code or look it up at the app store that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm start your fantasy today and your dynasty either one start start Mm -hmm. whatever you want just do your thing um, flawless, flawless ad read on my part. Flawless. Um, hey, um, l- look, we are a um, we are going into this year with some brand new rules, mm-hmm. and we got to see some of those brand new rules at work. We've seen a pitch clock, we've seen um, w- larger bases, we've seen um, uh, we've seen fewer throws over we've seen the banning of the shifts um what are your thoughts a few games into it for the changes in the game
1: yeah I think the pitch clock has been the most noticeable thing just because when you're watching the game for like the first time I feel like I can't just throw a baseball game on in the background and just let it play I feel like I actually have to intently watch it, intently watch it when I'm sitting there in my bedroom because if I look away for a second there's already like Two batters that went up, I'm already on to the next inning. I'm like, what happened? Maybe there's already two runners on. Feels like the action and getting to pitch to pitch is just so much quicker. And the overall game itself is still close to three hours. It's still like two hours and 45 minutes. So it did shave a little time off, but in terms of the total run time, it's still pretty close to the normal average that we've seen. But I think from the pace of play, like we've talked about, the efficiency of getting – to the action, I think that has been greatly increased. And that's been, I think, the biggest positive so far from these rule changes. We've talked about how baseball sometimes feels slow. It feels boring. But with these new rule changes with the pitch clock, I really feel like these games are just flying by. I look up after like an hour, hour and a half. I'm like, damn, we're already in the sixth, seventh inning. Feels like these games are flying by. And the games where you score more runs, it feels like those are the games that actually go by quicker. The pitcher's duels, like the one on Sunday, D-backs Dodgers, that one felt like it took an hour. Or it felt like it took a while. But the game one where there, it was like 10 runs scored, that one felt like it flew by in like two and a half hours. So, so far, the games with more action. Feels like they go by quicker. And I love the fact that the pitch clock has sped up the action and the efficiency that we get to from pitch to pitch.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel rushed to me. It feels like we're getting, I mean, as I said, I've been watching a lot of games from the 70s. And the pace was faster then. They got yeah. in, you know, people got in the box and they pitched the ball. And so, yeah, dude, I'm I'm glad that they don't play uh, an entire Queen song while a guy's walking up to the plate. We're in the fourth verse before he gets into the batter's box. Uh, I'm glad that they're not. Everyone's walking around and going on a meditative walk in between every pitches. You know, get you know. There's a little bit of it that, that I, I I have I have said many times that time of game does not equal pace of play. Those are not synonymous, but you are seeing a shortened game. We're seeing things happen quicker, but I think there are other elements that make it more action-packed than just the pitch clock. Mm -hmm. I actually think the, the elimination of the shifts have made it more interesting for me in that you don't see as many ground ball. Oh, there's someone right there. Ground ball. Oh, there's someone right there. I mean, there's, there's, you know, that to me, you it was one of the most boring elements of the game, not just the fact that some of these balls didn't get through, but if someone's going to make a stop, it wouldn't be a diving stop. It wouldn't be a highlight play. I think you're going to see more spectacular plays because there aren't infielders all of clustering everywhere. But the other thing you're seeing is you're seeing more stolen bases. Yep. And that to me, more than the pitch clock, the stolen, the increase of stolen bases is what thrills me. Because I miss the stolen bases being part of the game. I miss having someone on base and there being an attention that you have to, to keep with them. Say, oh, they're going. Are they going to go? As opposed to, well, statistically, it doesn't matter to do this and that and the other thing. Like, No. I want to see risk. I want to see fun. And you saw a ton of stolen bases in the Baltimore-Boston series. you are seeing more stolen bases left and right. And I think That increases the pace of play even more than the reduced game time because if someone walks and they're on first and you know they're not going anywhere, every pitch just becomes about the batter. There's never that paying attention to what the runner is going to do with with a few exceptions. And Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see, you know, in recent years, the stolen base leader has been in the 20s. I think you're going to see it more in the forties or fifties this year. Kenny, you know, of course I'm, I'm a product of the eighties when you had several seasons of 100 stolen bases from Ricky Henderson and from Vince Coleman and, you know, Tim Raines would be in the high seventies and Willie McGee and a couple of the other players were just sort of piling up the, you know, the stolen bases. Uh, I don't think we're going to get to 1980s level, but I think having that does speed the game up and I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, the 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 pickoff attempts rule, the new rule changes for that might even be, like you said, more impactful than the pitch clock because we're seeing it once that pitcher commits the two pickoffs to whatever base the runners on. It's off to the races at that point. Once Corbin Carroll's like, all right, he's already thrown the two balls over here. I'm done. I'm taking off the very next pitch, or I'm waiting maybe one pitch and then I'm taking off. So now, not only increases the value of your speedsters on your team, also increases the value of your defensive catchers because I think what we're seeing more of in these games now is – catchers trying to keep the runners on these bases. I feel like I've seen more than ever this opening week series, the catchers from the D-backs and Dodgers, like especially these Dodgers catchers like Will Smith is having to keep Corey Carroll on these bases when he's on second base or he can't even do it. And the same thing for the D-backs, like you're throwing down constantly to second base and first base because now your pitcher can just go over there and throw over 15 times to the first baseman. You need your catcher now with a strong arm to maybe keep those runners on the bases a little bit more. They might have to do a little bit more work defensively so i think the new rule changes not only value bring up the value increase the value of the speedsters in major league baseball also increases the value of defensive catchers and the ones with strong arms so you might even add a little bit more money to the pool for some new players in major league baseball the ones with wheels and the ones
0: with strong arms behind the plates yeah i totally agree with you and i think so far so good Mm -hmm. yeah i like what i've seen you know so far it's it's been you know it's been on a fast pace so you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes throughout the rest of the year. But, you know, it was a fun first weekend of baseball. And there's, you know, there's some new changes. And we'll see what the long-term effects will be. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited you, for it.
1: You, you got to evolve as a fan. You can't stay stuck in your ways. You can't be the old man, get off my lawn. Sports is about evolution. We see new rule changes in all sports. Baseball fans, like everyone else, have to evolve.
0: Amen amen, amen. <laughs> and with that testify with that i say amen. thanks for making On mlb your first listen for your second listen obviously make it be locked on diamondbacks for your third listen check out locked on Fantasy baseball win your league by listening to matt and dom every day as they bring you the best fancy draft strategies find locked on fancy baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube part of the locked on podcast network where it's your team every day hey hey millard thomas I almost called you Paul Holden because I did a podcast with him earlier today. Uh, Miller Thomas, tell people where they can listen to your show.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at CreativeThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked On Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Please hit subscribe on the Locked On Dimebacks YouTube channel. You can listen to us wherever you stream Locked On MLB on podcasts, streaming platforms, wherever you listen to that audio. You can find Locked On Dimebacks as well.
0: And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, the show on Twitter, and on Instagram is locked on MLB Pods. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Take a look at how the Diamondbacks, the rest of baseball, and the rule changes fared the first weekend. This has been Locked On MLB and a Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. I'm your pal Sully. Let's fist bump for another week.
1: Cool.